Things change from one generation to the next. Attitudes, politics, technology, even lifestyles. But when it comes to business, there's one thing every generation has in common. The pursuit of excellence. Welcome to Generation Excellence. A conversation with next-gen leaders of family businesses who are working to preserve the past and innovate the future. And now, here's the host of Generation Excellence and a third-generation business owner himself, Jamie Michelson. Jamie? Episode 50. You heard me. Episode 50. Hard for me to believe. We are recognizing that milestone with a guest I should have had on years ago. Edmund Hagopian is the president and one of the third-generation family members of Hagopian World of Rugs and Hagopian Cleaning Services. Hagopian is a super well-respected business and member of the greater Detroit area community. Edmund does a fantastic job of chronicling the unique 84 plus year history of the business and the twists and turns the organization and he have gone through. You'll hear about perfume, purple trucks, pop culture, and more. Only here and only on this episode of Generation Excellence with Edmund Hagopian. Good afternoon, uh, Edmund Hagopian, president of Hagopian World of Rugs and Cleaning Services. We're sitting here well, in an office, in a conference room off of your award-winning Novi showroom and operations center. And uh, Well, thank you for doing this. Thank you for being on the Generation Excellence podcast. My pleasure, Jamie. We're, uh, you know, yours, yours, your family business operation is really an incredible story. Um, and so kind of want to go back to the founding and even the pre-founding because it's that mm, then think, leads yeah. to the, 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 the business itself. Uh, I had a grandpa, Harry, in Buffalo, New York, who was my mom's father, not involved in the business. You did. But take, take us back to kind of, uh, you know, your, your family's literally journey to this continent and then getting involved in things and then how that became this business we know of Hagopian today. Sure. Well, um, my grandfather started the business in 1939, but before that, um, he was he immigrated to America, uh, specifically Detroit. Yep. For uh, Henry Ford's offer of five dollars a day. Okay. And I'm sure you've heard this from other people too. That was a big. That was a lot of money back then. Sure. Um, he came actually without his wife, and he had one other. He had a, my aunt. Uh, they were left back in Turkey. Um, he left because of the genocide, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of people know about now. But um, so not a lot of money in his pocket, just his wits and hard work. Um, but he did have some training in pharmaceutical work. Okay. And so when he got here, um, and he was kind of an amateur chemist. <laughs> so when he got here, he started making um, different uh, perfumes um, cosmetics, hair dyes that he would sell to his co-workers. Okay. So, so a, what we call a side gig today kind of is he's working gig, at Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Saved his money, uh, brought his family over, um, and then uh, four more children were born here in the U.S. My father um, uh, was one of them, obviously. And he... You know, he stayed with this. He actually opened several companies. One was the Cariana Perfume Company, okay. named after my grandmother. I see. Um, that lasted a little while. And eventually he was asked to um, remove a stain from somebody's carpet. 
And he wasn't the kind of person that ever said, I can't do that, right? Nah. It wasn't. In his, his, sure, and then I'll figure it out, right? He's like, sure, you know, carpet is wool, wool is hair. I, okay. You know, I know how to, I know how to do that. Um, and during, um, and during this time, actually, uh, some things were starting to be rationed because of the war. And so he removed the stain, um, got paid well, and decided that this was the area that he was going to pursue. So Hagopian and Sons was born. Um, and so we and say the war, we're talking at that point, World War II. II. World War II, right. right. So, um, and I think, you know, the rationing started after he started the company, but certainly propelled him through that, that time period because you couldn't replace your carpet. I mean, you couldn't buy all kinds of necessities during that during that time um, because they were going to the war effort. So I don't know if people remember that or know of that, but that's an interesting historical fact. So he um, and his sons mostly um, basically started a carpet cleaning and dyeing company. And that's what we did. I mean, we didn't really sell rugs until about maybe 20 years or so later. So now you've got, so the business is cleaning and really using chemistry and chemicals. and We still use no. a, a cleaning solution that he developed wow. to this day yeah, that my grandfather developed. So. so then you get into a post-war period and all of... Oh, what yeah. comes of that, right? The, yeah, the returning, boom. the boom, the housing, the yeah. So and the surge in carpet popularity, okay, definitely happened in the fifties and sixties, um, where people were actually covering surfaces more, removing their rugs, even um, the rugs they grew. Up, kind of sad, but and going to carpeting. Going to carpet. We're kind of going the other way right now. So then you get into actually selling and the carpeting as well as cleaning the rugs and carpet yeah. that people have. So the, the two prongs of the business. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and then, and Sons, so that, that group is That's running what, the business together. Pretty much when I come along, right? Um, my grandfather's, you know, getting a little older. My dad and my uncle are basically running the business at that, more or less at that time. And his... So what era are we talking about now? I was like, born in 61. Okay. So, you know, by the time... Our building in Oak Park, which some of your listeners are going to recognize that building. And sure. Has a nice architectural um, look. But that was built in 68. Okay. Um, Eight Mile Road was the place. Right. 1968 have, in Detroit, Eight Mile Road. We know what happened south of then. but <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot going on south. It was making people nervous. But um, Eight Mile had New York Carpet World, Beckwith Evans, Agopian. There was a bunch of other uh, carpet retailers on that strip. And, uh, and Northland was obviously booming then. Um, everything uh, north of that was kind of, you know, rural. Um, for the most part, you know, a couple of miles, we were on dirt roads sometimes. So um, I have to this day understanding how hard it is to get financing. I still struggle to think of how my grandfather pulled off that that building, building and expanding it's, the business and investing in that the business building is enormous. From what what I knew before then, and the building we had that was. Um, just about two miles west 
near Keplinger's, okay, uh, which is gone now. Yeah, um, a little tiny building. He lived upstairs. The showroom was downstairs. It was a cleaning plant to the modern plant we have today, and, and he pulled that off. Plus, um, he bought four houses on Kipling, which is the street adjacent for the family. Hmm. He saved everything as the only thing that makes any sense. Wow. And so you're, you know, the Ansons, the, the second generation of the business, they, they're in it from very young age, right? They're, oh, yeah, no they're, choice. They're no choice. They're, 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 in, entered, sir. Yeah. they're cleaning, <laughs> they're, they're, they're going to places, oh, yeah, they're yeah. the stuff's coming into the, the, the facility to be cleaned and they're working. So you, what's your first and earliest memory of the business? Well, my first memory was just as a kid jumping around on top of the rugs. Piles of rugs. Piles of rugs, yeah. you know, jumping from, you know, the whole lava thing, right? Where you jump from one pile to another to, to jump, yeah. <laughs> and so when you, were, when you were young and you're, you know, now there's a transition going on and, you know, your father's becoming very much running and stewarding the business forward, were you always going to be in the business? Were oh, you... No. Oh, okay. No, Jamie, I, so, and this is something that I'm sure a lot of people who are, grow there's, up in, there's sort of two paths. Yeah, there's generational a, yeah. businesses that can experience. So it's, it's a little bit unnerving for a child who's six or seven to be approached by a grown up and be told, one day you'll be running the business. Mm-hmm. They don't mean it that way, but for a young child, it's a lot to take in. Yeah. You know, one day this will all be yours and you'll be running the business. And I think um, I needed to, uh, so my journey basically, once I got out of high school, I left home. I went as far away as I could. Okay. Went to Hawaii um, with no plan to return. I just all right. went and uh, ended up working for a year, uh, became a resident, and then at that point said, let's go to college. So that was my gap, kind of my... Okay. wasn't called a gap year back then. Right. It was just called kind a of year. Just going to Hawaii. <laughs> and, um, and I, you know, I got my degree in international business. And when I graduated, I came home. That, that's when I was ready to come back. Got it. Yeah. But I needed to, to completely, not only free myself of the responsibility to take over the business, but not... My name in Hawaii doesn't mean anything. Already sure. at that point in my life, when I introduced myself, it's pe- just you. Yeah, you people work. would know Hagopian, and they not in a bad way. I mean, they tell me wonderful stories, which now I love to hear. You know, your grandfather came and did this. Your yeah, dad did yeah. This. But as a teenager, you know, to be anonymous again was really nice. Huh. Um, Although I did meet one professor who was from Detroit, who knew so he me knew the family. But other than that, I was complete. I, you know, I was your studies were in Hawaii as well. Yeah. Okay. So I graduated University of Hawaii, came back. So it for me, it it was important to get that space. Sure. Um, my two sisters, who are also very much involved in the business, um, never left home. Got it. For them, it was, you know, contiguous. They just went from. School, right from school, right to work, and 
So when you came in, what did you come into the business doing? Oh, at, at the, the lowest level. Sure. I, mean, <laughs> I had to pay my dues. I worked under my younger sister in the admin, you know, inventory control. Okay. They had me, you know, taking it. And this was at the Oak Park facility? This was in the Oak Park okay. facility, yeah. Because we, we didn't, let's see, we only had one other uh, location at that time. Got it. Yeah. And then, so what was your, I mean, you, you, you touched, you know, if it were a restaurant, you worked in all the stations and all the areas. Yeah. In this business, you're in inventory control, you're in finance, you're doing servicing, I'm sure, all of those things. Uh, so talk about the journey kind of to becoming and, and transitioning to third generation leadership. Like how how smooth was that or wasn't that with, yeah. with your father? So, so just... Before I and went, even before that, yeah. Before yeah. I went to college, I you know I worked through high school. Okay, I did work in the business. Yeah, and so, I was a carpet cleaner and I worked it. in the cleaning plant and I did everything. Sure, even, of course. Even it, in the show, yep. You know, I did all those jobs um, through high school and uh, and even a little bit after I graduated before I flew off to Hawaii. Um, so when I came back, you know, I had I had a good idea of what it took from a labor standpoint to do you know, the work that we do. Okay. There's a lot of labor in what we do. Yes. I mean, and a lot of very important work. So, um, yeah, there's equipment and chemicals, but you need, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, you know, I did all that. So I I was confident about my knowledge. Um, you know, we opened a a store, we went on a little growth spurt in the mid to late eighties and, um, we opened a store in Ann Arbor and then we opened another store in Birmingham um and so my dad you know once i you know was i was kind of not being fully utilized he said okay i want you to manage the project of opening our our birmingham location got it it was a build out pretty big deal i didn't have any experience in that It (laughs) it never mattered anyway and i thought i did a decent job i mean i got it done on time we had a wonderful uh grand opening and a um, a big event and the store was successful. Um, I managed it for a little while and then we got into this partnership with a supplier soon after that um, and we decided that we'd make the Oak Park store an outlet center. All right. And and kind of separate from the rest of our business. So, got it. Um, and I, I loved it. It was really like someone handed me the keys to a Porsche. You know, because Hagopian at that time was, you know, a fairly large business, pretty complicated. Anything you had to do, you had to work through other people. Got it. This was a business that was kind of a startup. Um, I I put in my own uh, inventory system, uh, hired my own advertising people, um, and uh, I could pretty much do all the buying, pretty much anything I wanted for this location. it was a great success. This was before people were selling rugs online. Uh-huh. And we introduced prices that uh, uh, people just couldn't believe as we had, you know, our overhead was just so low. It was all about turn, promotion. Um, we weren't afraid to throw big, you know, big discounts out hmm. there. Um, and 8 Mile Road at that time was starting to become less, you know, of a shop. retail place to yeah, be. Yeah, so we had to do transitioning, something. Transitioning, yeah. as I say, yep. So I did that for about four or so five years. Um, and then um, we 
we eventually rolled that back into the company. And uh, at that time, I became president of the retail division. Um, and from, I mean, that was 85, 86. Got it. And I soon after that, I mean, sorry, 95, 96. Um, and just a few years after that, I started this project, opening Novi. And we, we bought this land and uh, pretty much design, build. This is our building. Um, went through all that financing, SBA, construction bids. I managed the building of this project. Now I had a little more experience than the first time. So a lot of so a lot of the, the growth and evolution of the business followed, you know, areas that were being developed where housing was, where housing was being redone or big, you know, new homes, bigger home, right? People like yeah. you, I think you explained to me years ago, yeah, these beautiful floor surfaces and you start out and then people go, it's Michigan. It's cold a lot of the year. They want something warm under their feet or oh, they want yeah. some color. Everything's neutral and then they want some color. So you followed those patterns, you pre of, as you said, e-commerce and, and, and all of that. But I think maybe we missed over or passed over one part in, in the not so perfectly smooth evolution of Hagopian, right? Oh, did I did I miss that? <laughs> which which is which you got like to explain when you know for those who are in New York, they know Ray's Pizza and original Ray's and original oh, Ray's, yeah. right? And that always happens because something happened. Something so happened, yeah. Can you because I can you explain sort of Absolutely. what what happened in that era that yielded like original and and some. I guess splits or spin-offs or divisions of things. Yeah, uh, sure, sure. So this is, you know, sad. Family businesses have stories. So our story is in the late 70s, my dad uh, and his brother split. Okay. Um, and they were both very active in the business. I've always heard my dad's side of the story, ah. you know, but I was close to my uncle, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, and he was uh, really fond of him. Um, his kids, my cousins, were about the same age. So, but um, they split over differences. My grandfather was still alive at the time, but okay. getting up there, um, and they worked out an arrangement after the split that my uncle could still use the name Hagopian, um, as long as he called it Steve Hagopian Carpet Cleaning. Okay, and so. Um, and he stayed in the carpet cleaning space and he in did, area. and it created a ton of confusion. And this is interesting because I think it's a it's not just a family breakup story, but it's a it's a story about branding yeah. and marketing yes. because yes. we learned so much by competing against a brand that, that where there was that much confusion. You cannot take anything for granted in mm-hmm. that you know when that happens. So we um, we always had the genie, and it takes a genius, and but you know that that really did. Yeah, don't gloss over that. It, it takes a genie. It was this? Yeah, that was a big right? one. It's, it's 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 almost almost a wish. It's that yeah. miraculous plus the, the roots oh, yeah. of the genie, right? The visual. There was a writer in the, one of the local papers that called it the bre- the best tagline. Yeah, ever. no, I, I mean, it was on <laughs> it was on vans, it was on trucks, it was yeah. on buildings, right? So that was the it takes a genie for the cleaning part for and the the, ma- the 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 magic of that. Yeah. So what we did with what we did is we added the original Hagopian, right? Okay. That helped people kind of know that the pers- the company they were dealing with for all those years is the company they're Got dealing it. with now. But we needed more than that, and that's when we started painting the trucks purple. Okay. And now we're 
the purple truck people or expect the best, expect the purple truck. Yep. And what we would do, because people would be so confused about, you didn't show up today, right? Or let's say, or you came and cleaned my carpet and I'm not happy and I want you to come back and touch something up. Okay, was there a purple van in the driveway? Hmm. You know. Um, so you were getting calls to, to correct things from the separate yeah. business. I don't think there's any doubt that we were better than my uncle. I uh, mean, of course, you know. He eventually uh, retired and left the business to his wife's, his, his second wife's family. Okay. And they ran the business for years. Um, you know, he was older than my father, and uh, you know, and then he, and he, and his wife passed, and he remarried, and so that there wasn't that continuation of the family, of the Hagopian family running the business. So, um, and we started to get a little nervous. Um, you know, that the brand also, you know, his brand and, and our brand could be merged in terms of uh, customer opinion. So just. It was about four or five years ago. Uh, I had the opportunity to buy back the name, and I and I jumped at it. Got it. So, when when they were done, really long before they should have been done earlier, um, they came to me and said. So the original is still the original, and not having some other. So full connected. circle, and it's interesting because that was around our 80th anniversary, which meant that, you know, the first. 40 years or so or um, you know almost half our existence had yeah. been in this split. has this confusion yeah. area yeah and it really was that much of the history yeah. alright so as you now you approach you know 84 85 years in business so first of all I haven't asked are you know you're you you've got a couple of siblings so that are the third generation of this business are there any G4 as they call them in family business <laughs> studies that are working in the business or looking at um, it Yes and no. I mean, my so I I also remarried, so I have six. I have a blended family. Okay. I have six. Uh, the um, my stepdaughter, my my um, the youngest one, actually is working today. We have a, a furniture franchise, um, and she's running that that store, um, which is not a Hagopian brand, but that's as close as we have to okay. someone working in the business. Okay. Um, my my boys are not working in the business, and and the other two are not are off doing other things. So, it's a it's a big question mark. I mean, really, and we're starting to my sisters and myself are starting to talk about succession, sure, or lack thereof, continuity, succession. Yeah, whatever word you want really to use. seriously, okay. and you know, we're dedicating time to thinking about okay, what pieces, you know, what do we have to do to make. The, you know, if we're going to make the next step, um, and I think it's—I mean, we're all in our 60s now, and I think that that—you know—that topic now is more. So talk talk table. about how you and your sisters, you know, when you have those kind of conversations, and how uh, you know, first off, um, are you all able to get together, say, for a family dinner event, and? talk about things other than the business or are they extended board meetings when that <laughs> happens no we you know th we're very fluid to be fair and it but they were just over this past weekend for my birthday um 
and no one great so then when you then do get together in this conference room or somewhere and you talk about these you know future of the business kind of things uh, talk about how you all make decisions and how and, and, and how that was kind of influenced or inspired by what you saw with your grandfather and how your dad did things yeah I would say so my dad always um, felt that if we had our own areas you know of expertise and we we maintain that carefully and respected each other that you, a family business can work. Even though his experience was you know, different, he was saddened by because it. Because of what happened with his brother, yeah, so it's always Because they never be spoke again after that. Oh, okay. Not once. Wow, so truly like TV, yeah, it was TV like, stuff. You know, so he, he said, look, you, know, you, you guys need to be mindful of that because it obviously could happen. And so... Actually, we get along really well. I think yeah, we're great. And one of the things I wanted to, to mention is, you know, you have to learn to value the differences. Mm-hmm. Not just, you know, listen. I mean, there's a lot of talk today. i get off a little bit. Can I get no, off? Go off wherever you want, because I'm uh, relating there's, to there's a, a lot, lot of that, people so. that say, we don't listen to each other anymore. And we don't, you know, that's the problem. And. And I, I disagree with that statement. I don't think listening is the answer. It's valuing that's the answer. Hmm. If you value, you listen. Yeah. Right? It's it's a byproduct of, of valuing. So if I value you as a person, I will listen to you. You, you can't skip that step. Yeah. There's that phrase today, feeling seen. I mean, I never... When I was a teenager, <laughs> go, I didn't feel seen. I, it was some other language or whatever that was. Yeah. But I guess same thing, yeah, being valued and being and, and but, val- valuing different opinions and different points. And how that, that difference helps you make better choices, better decisions, it, it tends to bring down the, like an extreme thought, right? So if you go and you're talking to somebody, and like, I really value what my sister Angela has to say. She is much more precise and mm-hmm. willing to get into the weeds. And sometimes, you know, uh, in places I, I, have, I, I don't belong. I mean, I can't, I can't untangle well, no. that. But she can, you know, and I, I value that. We, yeah. The company needs it. I mean, as I listened to you talk about that, I was thinking a lot of companies do these um, style, uh, uh, personality typing things right, for their yeah. employees. When you're working very closely with your siblings, who are going to be people in your life, the longest in your life of anybody, you, you kind of really know their personalities and styles. You don't need to do those tests to figure right. out, but you do need to know where people are coming from, I think, yeah. right? Um, so I got off topic there, but I... No, no, no. So that then, so that, so as you have, so as you're... I, I, you're, what you're saying is when you make decisions, when you all get together... We're coming it, from very different angles. Angela is... Um, much more conservative, much more careful than me. But big, you actually get together and yeah, have these conversations. We do, yeah. Do you do it on a planned, regular basis? Do you have a, a, a some sort of system you follow for you know being an established family business now? What what is that? Yeah. So basically, uh, I mean, it's just the three of us plus our CFO. Okay. It's a small group of people. We don't have an outside board or anything, advisory. Although so that's the leadership group. That's the leadership okay. group. We'll get together um, and we'll talk about um, higher level topics. I mean, we're always talking about operational Sure, exactly. All the time as, as owners who work in the business. Right. 
we're managers as well. Yep. You know, so that's always happening. But uh, yeah, we need this space to talk about planning, especially since my mother is still alive and she's still she she has some ownership. Got it. But she's not involved in involved. running. It. Yeah. So um, what how are we going to take care of her needs? <laughs> what do our needs look like? Um, we just signed a, a, another five-year lease in a for our Birmingham. Store. Right, you have to make those kind of decisions. Yeah. My sister Sue, you know, because she runs the store, you know, we made sure that we talked it through with her. Great, okay, Sue. Five years from now, you will be. I'm not going to say it because you don't have be, to do the math. Right yeah, now. well, you'll be this, you know. And what do you think? Will you do you mm. want to be in this space? You know, your partner is, you know, he's retired. And he's starting to um, travel more. He wants the freedom of, of the retired life, and you're still working. So, you know, so there's some personal things like what, and that's always been what we've done with the business. We want it, we don't want to work for the business as much as business should work for us. Right, right. You got it, it's point. work, but enjoy it and have that. Yeah, that, I that mean, balance. Why, why go in a direction that, you know, that doesn't, Complement where you want to be, and there are parts of our business team that don't that without one of us involved, it it would be very hard to to make it work. And and that's the knowledge for buying of product. That's for I think retail more than than cleaning and the, cleaning the operations. Okay, yeah, retail can get a little tricky if you don't know that. I mean. Rugs are such as and and you know how how would you characterize your leadership style or how would others when when you think about that both the family dynamic and you know hundreds of other employees that you're meeting yeah and, and well it's a good question with. I mean I, people have told me what they think or sent me you know like an article this is what I think your style is <laughs> I'm uh, I'm low ego I know that yep I haven't had to really climb a corporate ladder. To get here if that you know so and i i think that is different i mean i think if you're in a pool of executives and you want to get to the top uh, it's a little different scenario than if you're in a family business um and you you just have to prove yourself right i mean i have to prove myself but it's a it's a different dynamic and i i can afford to give away a lot of credit because Great. it doesn't need to come my way i already have sure. my name Sure. Like no one needs to say this was Ed's idea. Let's get him a, mm -hmm. a better true. position because he's making. I don't need it. So and over the years, be, you know, I can give. Yeah. So I can say I can't do this by myself, or I can say that I'm just a small part of a team. You know, which I feel like I am. Right. Got it. I. What What are you What are you excited about for the future of the business? I mean, you mentioned e-commerce. That has to have been a something you've had to both adopt and address because yeah. and but yeah doesn't excite me actually. but and, and is that mostly because i mean you know rugs are they're not a tiny little thing right it's not a t-shirt yeah. i mean you need to see them touch them in fact put them in the room and see what they're like right so it it makes it a harder business to be just dominated by somebody doing that is that yeah. fair yeah i think so i mean i i like the contact with the end user got it in physical places and meeting yeah. with people. E-commerce okay. feels like a logistics business, like toilet paper, rugs, 
light bulb. Commoditizes things, okay. Pretty much everything becomes a commodity and how well you are able to manage delivery. Yeah. I don't, that doesn't really. Okay, but so what, what does excite you about the future of the business as you both prepare for whether it's family, fourth generation, or leadership after you and your siblings, like, what do you, I guess, in your case, rubbing yeah. a genie lamp, what would be <laughs> coming out, not a crystal ball? Yeah, so what, well, I love that we, we're getting some young people into the business mm-hmm. now, and that we have an opportunity to uh, mentor them and to help them in the you know grow in their careers professionally, yeah. and I, I'm taking a more active role in that it started really started in the pandemic, um, and for a lot of reasons. One is you need to retain people. Sure. Right. They, if they leave, it's really hard to get other people. And the other thing is sometimes you get people who are uh, need a lot of you know coaching. Mm-hmm. Right. They got a good attitude, but they they need they're not that experienced. I love that, and Great. we're doing a lot more of that than we've ever done. We've we've always had long-term employees um, which is great but it does make you a little soft on the training side got it like when's the last time we had to train someone to do this so it's it's either through osmosis or it's not necessarily process because our place is the same people have been around a long time they know stuff if they had to document it it's a little harder right yeah. right okay so I I enjoy um, and I'm actually doing more and more of that is and it being a smaller business you know we're still a medium size I guess um, it isn't as hard for me to reach you know someone who just hired in what do you what do you when I mean what do you do to educate and inspire yourself like do you look at other businesses and other categories do you read I mean you travel because right I mean you still get try your, your product comes from all over the world so that gives you a chance to see connect with the world a little bit so how do you keep yourself sharp and sharp top? yeah I got my little got, Steven, we got we got cubby behind us cubby little yeah my little cheat sheet stuck on the wall there um, certainly uh, reading uh, okay absolutely um, travel uh, and also it, you know, talking to other people. I don't. I'm not part of a, an executive group at this moment. Um, during the pandemic, I did join a BNI group, which I thought was really sure. interesting because we we did it during. They meet at like seven in the morning right. every week. But during, you know, I did a Zoom. I did that for about a year and a half. Okay. I thought that was really interesting. Um, a lot of small business owners were in the group, um, and. Their struggles are very yeah the similar. shared struggles and the learning yeah from each other. I really I really enjoyed that I also um, so relationships that I've built over the years um, I make sure that I stay connected to people um, so it, when I hire an outside consultant the, the they may only work with us for a couple of years to get through something specific sure I always maintain those relationships nice. and continue to circle back. Such a kind of a multi-faceted. Um, Anything specific that you're either learning as a new skill or capability, or you're working on improving, like you know, in that sharpening the, the saw. Yeah, like, the, the only thing I I would like to be better at asking questions, and you know, I mean, you get into you get into a conversation. We well, should somebody. have a podcast, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. I think it's. 
you know, sometimes I'll leave a, a, an interaction and I, I'll feel like I left something mm. because I didn't get the other person to, to share enough. Or maybe there was a point of view that I thought I could challenge, but without asking a question, it just comes off as like, okay, I have a point of view, you have a point of view, and, you know, I'm not really seeking to understand. It, no, it's I mean, I really, I, I really think that, that that's something I, I could work on, and, and I have actually been working on. The other thing I think that I have to do is, especially this year, is just be a little careful about taking too much on. Mm-hmm. You know, when you asked me about doing this, I thought, okay. Because the, the, we're, we're, <laughs> we're training ourselves to say no to more things. Yeah. I, and, and that is a default I get of trying to get people to be on this podcast is either a no answer, which is worse than Because they just no. made a commitment not to just take on more and take on more. Yeah. And, uh, but actually, I did want to see you, so I said, oh, no. Yeah. And then and I started saying to the people, it's an hour, but you know, yeah. more work for us in the logistics of scheduling. No problem. But, but what, and then anything for the business, because you know, one of the things of a business that's 80, 45 years is, is you've come through it, you know, things have become computerized that weren't, right? And, and even though you're using some of the same solutions for cleaning, you're evolving in that probably because of environmental and, Innovation. So, like anything that you've implemented new across either the retail or the cleaning business recently, that kind of you'd want to talk about, like, oh wow, that's that's helped us be more efficient. Or so, yeah. I mean, we have. I mean, we've updated a lot of things that have made um, whether it's saving water or mm. or utilities. I mean, you know, the building was built in '68. You know, so. Whenever we make a, a, a significant upgrade, whether it's LED lighting, um, we just started talking a little bit about electric vehicles. We don't have any in our fleet. And ah, right. You've got a lot of stuff on the road. There's credits now that could make it interesting. And I don't think we'll do anything probably in the next year, but I think we have Yeah, to, no, that's an interesting... But employees might be driving electric cars. Do I have a... Am I ready for that? Right? It's right. coming. Right. And there's a lot of threads that run through your business, so... If you're cleaning, if there's other things that can st- send that statement of clean, yeah. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So from an efficiency standpoint, I think that that's the other. You know, we also realize that you know there's other things that we can let you know, our skills can be leveraged in other ways. So we started a really interesting uh, program that it's a clean, it's still cleaning, but we do outdoor cushions now, right? And so. What we do is right around now, actually, we start pushing out the message that you can bring your outdoor cushions to us. And it's the free storage Ah. that really gets people interested because we don't need to clean them now because you don't need them until April. So So in a seasonal climate, you so they're outdoor. These are outdoor cushions that stayed outdoors, so they took the brunt of sun. Or they got shoved into the garage and got musty. Mm -hmm. So bring them to us. Um, We'll collect them in 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 right around January when we aren't busy. We'll get them nice and clean. Pack them up. Store them. And kind of like snow tires and regular tires yeah, in yeah, the tire yeah. business. Okay. Yeah, and so and then in April we deliver them all to you back nice. clean and nice and, and that's been booming. Um, and we also started the air duct cleaning business. Again, this isn't something that is so. I mean, it's 
part of what we do. It fits in really nicely. Yeah, I think it, at Amazon they call them adjacencies or things, yeah. right? It's like they're close enough into what you do that that makes yeah. sense. And the brand, the customer has to think that the brand can accommodate that, and it makes sense, right? So, um, Hagopian tried to sell furniture for a while in the early two thousands, right? We we brought in some. Imported furniture. You got know, it. We figured, well, we're importers. We're importing rugs. You got to move the furniture. We're to importing put home, the carpet. home furnishings. You know, can that consumer make the jump? And they, they, that was a hard jump. Okay. That didn't work, in my opinion, very well. But the adding on different cleaning services, interesting, in the customer, in the consumer's mind, feels fine. Sure. So. Well, you know, you try it and you learn and, you know, go from there. Got it. Uh, the, I, I kind of end these podcasts, most all the questions, the other ones aren't the same everywhere, but I have asked everyone what for them is the most fulfilling thing for you about this Hagopian being a generational business and one that you're storting into, you know, closing in on the hundred year milestone. Yeah. like. How, how do, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I'm, I mean, working with my sisters for sure. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that, I, you know, I love being part of a family business. Nice. And that having said that, there is something else that I, I was hoping I could touch on, and that is um, we're very connected in the community. Yes. And, um, and we've done some amazing things that, that you'd only get to this place if you're if your name was known. And so we're restoring all the rugs at uh, Henry and Clara's home in Fairlane. Okay. Uh, all the rugs were sold off. All the furniture was sold off. We've been asked to recreate all the rugs. Uh, a lot of them are, you know, That's Henry, Henry Ford. Henry, Henry, <laughs> For yeah, those who, Henry Ford, yeah. which is, you know, how we started this conversation. Yeah. We start with Ford bringing us to Detroit. Now we're doing work for the, wow. yeah, but, you know, and also for Etzel and Eleanor's um, historic home. Which has uh, you know. been updated with the visitor center and is a phenomenal yeah. place to visit. So we're doing all the rugs, for, you know, and uh, we're, I'm doing a project with Cranbrook now. I'm not a Cranbrook alum, you know, uh, but um, they asked us if we would be interested in doing uh, some things for them. And I pitched this idea of recreating some of their historic rugs. Hmm. Um, they've been auctioning them because they've off. got that furniture history and they have their, a rug making their, history and, and they too. That too. Yeah. yeah, so which I didn't know about when you know we so having access to those kinds of institutions, plus a lot of arts and cultural things that the company has that, been oh, the, absolutely yeah over many years right. I mean we have a thirty year running. We're actually the longest running program with. Um, program with a with a corporate you know and uh, um, sponsor we we sponsor the student design competition at CCS. CCS yep we've been doing that since the early 90s and that program is a great success and in fact people who've graduated I mean it's been 30 years CCS is College for Creative Studies for those from out of the area really talented an amazing school in Detroit school of arts and yeah. And all and all things in yeah. special in marketing to auto design, auto rug design. design. Yeah, yeah. We um, they they have a theme, 
and uh, the students participate, and then we have a scholarship that we give. And, and, and that level of community commitment, involvement, give back, is that, does that go all the way back to, to your grandfather and to Edgar? No, it's you? really, I, I, it's my dad. Yeah. He, I mean, he's done, we've sponsored um, a exhibit at the Detroit Institute of Arts. That's him bringing that to the table. Okay. He was, you know, and again, I'll, I'll make a Ford, you know, comparison, I think, because I think it's relevant, because I think Henry and Etzel were two very different people, mm-hmm. right? And Henry was kind of the um, and science guy. Okay. Not really a lot of flair in, in him, you know, kind of straightforward shooter. Um, Etzel was much more of a designer, right? And I, I really think that the first generation of our business kind of the same, the founder, very science-based. Sure. C- chemistry. Perfumery, chemistry. Yeah, very much. Uh, yeah, you met my time motion guy. I mean, when we talk, he'd say, this is how you do this. Don't waste it. My dad was much more marketing. Um, he had an aesthetic style that was mm-hmm. very developed, um, a communi- you know, a sense of giving back to the community. He's done a lot for the Armenian community. Yes. The uh, Armenia Fest now is... Um, uh, his legacy, right? Because we used to have those festivals in Detroit. Right, right. Wait, you you know what? Sure. Yeah, I forgot he, about he, all he those. He brought the, he brought back the Armenian community uh, that was kind of disjointed. Um, just you know, those kinds of things are very rewarding. Uh, and I mean, I don't. I don't think of them as like bottom line. And, and mention what you did during the COVID pandemic then as far as do cleanings and work for religious institutions as well. Sure. Um, yeah, when we when we were shut down, basically, um, we, we got our PPP, we brought our employees back, but we still couldn't clean in the home. Um, so we basically made an offer to the religious institutions, synagogues, churches, mosques, temples. What you know, if uh, if you need a cleaning right now, um, we'll do it at no charge, and we'll send our crews out, keep our crews busy, and a way to give back to the nice. community. So that, I mean, that's very. It feels really good to be able to do. That. Yeah, it really does. Is that. Evan, is there anything I forgot to ask or touch on or about the, the both the history of, of Hagopian, you know, World of Rugs and cleaning and then the future? Well, I don't know. We really did cover a lot. I uh, no, I, I I I think we've I mean I'm glad we got a chance to kind of go through all this, even, yeah, for, I am even too. for my benefit. Yeah, no, I get to say well, all these first it's things. for yourself and then it's yeah. for others. I mean, I mean that's a design Principle. I mean, now we're kind of working a little bit together with the Broadway and Detroit yep. people, right? And no, and and I think you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there that have an explicit label on them. This one is clean about clean, so I, <laughs> I think maybe that's something valuable. No, I I really appreciate you sharing some of these stories. I it, it's hard to to bottle to capture to put back in the genie's bottle. You know, 85 years of of a business and all of the stories, but. You've done a really nice job of, of, of talking about sort of the emotional part of it, the human part of it, the business part of it, the, the physical retail store yeah. location part of it. Um, yeah. 
and and uh, if you want just at the end to just for those who are people who you know I guess the small commercial message for those who need carpet and rugs cleaned or need stuff well, how, how do they sure. how do they find you well sure I mean you can you can get to our website which you can get, we have an estimator now you can price everything out uh, um, originalhagopian.com um, Hagopian clean is also okay, URL that works yep and um, there is nobody if you have rugs that need to be cleaned or repaired actually because wow Jamie we really kind of skipped right over that but nobody sure. uh, in our market does the kind of thing we no. do I mean it's not it, there isn't even a, a second a close second we get uh work out of state we do so much um cleaning and repair and we're cleaning over thirty-five thousand rugs that's awesome a year yeah so we're number one and in carpet cleaning there's a lot of people out there there's a lot of choices but um there isn't there isn't anybody like hagopian um i'm aware of everything that happens if there's any issues uh, there's family member that's you know one click away is yeah it's very away. important to us um, we've been um, more vigilant about our, our reviews because we know they're important but even before that um, our approval rating is like 98 percent and if anybody has an issue we come back and take care of it no charge no problem I mean everyone's been told um, that the customer is absolutely right and we're gonna you know we're just uh, not going to settle. Like we say, you got to expect the best, but you got to deliver yep. too. Really do. And, and you do. And so. that's what we do. So. Well, I, I thank you for sharing all that. I appreciate the uh, time. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Generation Excellence is a production of SMZ Advertising. Thanks to Joel Bienenfeld, Jeff Martin, and Bridget Georgeski for help with this program. Thank you for listening. And please share, leave reviews, and contact me if you have any thoughts, ideas, questions. Until next time.